The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. As soon as Jesus and his disciples left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told Jesus about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to Jesus all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, Jesus got up and went out to a deserted place And there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came to do. And Jesus went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues, and casting out demons. The Gospel of the Lord. Most stories feature a hero, and at some point in most stories... The hero is challenged with some form of suffering or torment. It doesn't matter if the story is in a book or movie, in the theater or miniseries. The hero of almost every good story encounters suffering at some moment in their journey. Now, if we were to read books only till the part where the hero suffers, or if we always stop the movie when the hero faces grave circumstances we would probably be left very unsatisfied. We might even be tempted to give up on entertainment altogether. I mean, who can enjoy stories if it seems the hero is always left in a miserable state at the end? This could be why we're always left unsatisfied when we experience or witness suffering. When a relationship breaks down, or a child suffers with cancer, or an innocent person is victimized, we're unsatisfied and often call out for God to act or to explain. That's exactly what Job did. We heard about Job in today's first reading. The book of Job is a fiction, a, a parable, that uses a story to reveal some truth. I often wish that more of the book of Job was included in our Sunday readings because it is so relatable. It really illustrates the biggest challenge for our Christian faith, that being the problem of pain. Here's the short version of the story of the book of Job. Job the hero is introduced as a faithful man who lives his life exactly as he's expected to. 
His life is filled with many blessings, and God is proud of Job. Satan, a a kind of critic of the motives of human beings, suggests to God that Job's faith is not authentic, that he's only so faithful because of the blessings he's received. So God allows Job to be afflicted with suffering, and that man does suffer in every way imaginable. He loses his farm, crops, and livestock in a fire. A house caves in, crushing all his children. He becomes diseased, covered with painful boils all over his body. His wife leaves him, and he's reduced to begging. His friends insist that Job must have done something wrong and earned his suffering. Job cries out to God, demanding to know why he's being tormented. He's angry and hurt, and it doesn't at all seem fair to him that an innocent person should be allowed to suffer. So he calls God out, wanting to know why. It's all very familiar, because even if you've never been in that spot yourself, you probably know someone who has, who cries out, wondering why suffering is permitted. At the end, God does respond to Job. God reveals to Job all of creation, its immensity and complexity, Job is led to understand how he and his suffering are just one tiny part of a much larger story that everything that is allowed to happen, including Job's suffering, is all part of one big plan. When we read a story and get to the part where the hero suffers, we don't ask why the author allows the hero to suffer. Even if the situation in this story seems impossibly tragic, We keep on reading. In fact, that's usually the part of the story we pay the most attention to. It's the part of the story where it's hard to put the book down, or where the words, or where we dread those words to be continued. We keep reading to the end of the story because we trust the author. There may be no way to know how the author will resolve the suffering of the hero or use the sufferings of the hero to bring about some good, but we trust the author to surprise us with a resolution, a happy ending that explains why suffering was necessary or how all the suffering was worth it. It's that surprise, the mysterious transformation of suffering into a happy ending, that often makes a great story. When we read about a suffering hero, we trust the author. So to get the most from a good story, book, or movie, there's a need for humility. The observer of the story has to humbly admit that only the author knows what's best for the hero. The observer needs to humbly accept the mystery of not knowing the outcome of the story and must withhold judgment until the end. Maybe this should be part of our attitude when we encounter suffering, too that attitude of humility. Truth be told, we don't know exactly how God will resolve all things or how he can bring about any good from the deep sufferings of the world. But we're called to trust his plan, just as we trust the author of any book or movie. It's okay to admit 
that at this point in the story, when we're only partway through, that we don't know exactly how it all will end, so long as we still trust. <clears throat> That's only part of the solution, though, because <clears throat> knowing God has a plan for a glorious end to his story doesn't always help us here and now, when suffering seems almost overwhelming, and we wonder, what will God do about suffering now? In the gospel today, Jesus goes to the home of Peter's mother-in-law, who is gravely ill. While he heals her, a crowd of people afflicted with all kinds of ailments gathers at the door to the house. We witness there not just one Job, but a flock of suffering Jobs. Jesus heals those who go to him, but not everyone in the world is healed. Our Lord healed many lepers, but didn't eliminate leprosy. He raised Lazarus from the dead, but didn't open the graves of all. Even Peter's mother-in-law eventually died. <clears throat> but there are a couple things our Savior did offer and continues to offer today. First, Jesus remained present with the suffering. After delivering a message of good news in Capernaum, he was eager to travel to the rest of Galilee, to other regions, to share the good news in all places. His good news isn't just for some, it's for all. We see this in action when he sends out his disciples to all the places where he wished to go. Our Lord's continued presence is with those who suffer. His, our Lord's continued presence with those who suffer is most clearly demonstrated in the Eucharist, where He's present to all people in all times through our church. Next weekend, we'll celebrate another sacrament, the Sacrament of the Anointing of the Sick. It's uh, where Jesus continues to be present with those who suffer. Catholics facing grave illness are invited to come here and be anointed at the Saturday evening or Sunday Masses. Those who face Maybe cancer or some other life-threatening illness should come forward to receive. Some addictions can be life-threatening, as uh, some mental health or emotional illnesses can be too. It's not a sacrament for those with a runny nose or broken toe, but for those who face illness that threatens life. No one will be expected to reveal anything. For those who are not facing grave illness... This is an opportunity to invite those who need the presence of Jesus in their lives to come and meet him here. The miraculous healings of our Lord offered to some also reveal what is to come for all. If the story of Jesus were fiction, his miracles could be called foreshadowing. But because the story of salvation is very real... The miracles of Jesus are not a foreshadowing, but it's a promise for a very happy ending to God's story. In the meantime, the miraculous healings of Jesus are reminders that his story and ours is not yet finished. There may be great sufferings today and tomorrow, but he has a plan for a surprising end to conquer all through his love. To the author of our lives, we're happy to offer our prayers. Jesus, our divine physician, 
We praise you for revealing your glory through the miraculous healing of Peter's mother-in-law. May this miracle inspire hope in places where suffering promises despair, a reminder that your story will end not with pain, but with joy. May we always follow your example of remaining present with all who suffer, and through that act of love, lead the suffering to you. We offer this prayer of trust in your name. Amen.